G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League Podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. I'm your host, Hef, and today I am joined by Tom Wyman. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. Good to be back. How's life down in Victor Harbour treating you? Oh, she's bloody cold down there, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's good. It's a lovely part of the world, so For yeah. those, uh, we're dealing, with, we're dealing uh, with the weather. Fluoro Peninsula. Fluoro Peninsula. All the beaches. What have you got down there? A few wineries? A few wineries. Down like McLaren sort of way. Yep. But um, yeah, it does get a bit cold. You're the uh, the, the sportsman down there. Yep, yep. And the, the local paper local, down local there. rag. Yep, so no, it's not nice part of the world. Um, but anyway, let's not talk about our lives and day jobs. Uh, how'd the fantasy team go on the weekend? Oh, pretty average. Had very average season, to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, we won't talk about that too much, I hope. Who was your superstar? Surely it's uh, your boy Jordan oh, Dawson. How good. Yeah, like he's, he's um yeah, He's really taking his game to another level this year. Um, it's been fantastic for the Crows' perspective and their fantasy perspective. We won't talk about too many things from the Crows' perspective uh, no. this week because I think you're in a bit of a pissed-off mood, is that correct? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. But, um, you know, oh, the Collingwood juggernaut rolls on, doesn't it? So, um, yeah. oh, good on him. What was, I saw the sort of stat, what, Collingwood have beaten you twice by a total of, what, four points or something yeah, like that yeah and then I, I reckon it's three times they've beaten us by less than oh, by not much at all I remember um, Nick Dacos having a put on an absolute clinic in the wet last year yeah um, and then yeah this year we should have well, they were in front for 30 seconds yeah and the Crows right. lost it but uh, and then again but yeah you know, um, you know that's just Collingwood isn't it yeah and it's football really yeah it, it is happens. unfortunately yeah. do you reckon the Crows make the finals um, I don't know it's seen a lot of just ladder predictors season, coming just, out yeah. now and stuff, and they just kind of just outside. Yeah, I um, really looked. Oh, it'll be touch and go. I reckon um, showdown will be massive. Always is, but um, it'll be really big because Port will be obviously looking for oh, top spot probably. Yeah, um, and and um, the Crows will be yeah pushing for finals. Um, I don't know. I think I think from the competition perspective it would be best if we did because we do play a really good round of footy. But um, I don't know. We may just miss out. All right. Well, this isn't the Crows podcast, no. so we probably should stop talking about them because, um, yeah, I probably will never live it down if I did turn into a Crows podcast. So uh, let's get stuck into it. But uh, before we do, I just wanted to mention that this uh, show today is brought to you by Game Day Squad. Uh, create, coach, and compete in fantasy footy. Uh, if you've never played it before, you open digital packs and get digital cards to make your team instead of selecting uh, players from a player pool. Um, I guess if you've ever played foot or FIFA, um, it's a very similar type concept and you get different cards that are worth different uh, amounts of points and things like that so you also get free cards for logging in each week so make sure you jump on board have a play getting on in the season but you can still make a team still lots of weekly prizes to actually win uh, just by collecting your cards and also getting your team set for and ready for next year to compete if you haven't done so already anyways uh, yeah it's fun it's free it's easy uh, head to gamedaysquad.com.au to check it all out uh, I do my um, I do my pack openings on Wednesday nights you been watching a few yeah get the little notification yeah, when that's you go good. live and that's whatnot. Good. So it's good. I'm glad that they actually come through. Uh, I think it's either this week or next week I'm doing something a little bit different. But regardless, each week I'm giving away uh, lots of um, packs on the live stream. So I think I'm giving away three common packs a week. And if I've been winning, I've been winning, like if you finish in the top 20, you get a free unique pack each week. But because Game Day Squad supply me with packs, I've just been giving those away. Finished 20th this week, so got another unique pack to give away on the live stream this week. So make sure you're tuning in. Get there your hands you know. on live stream. Stay tuned. you got to get on there, Tommy. You know, Absolutely. You're I should actually. I, I actually need to get on there. I've been saying it every time <laughs> yeah. I come on, but I actually do. Well, you just get on the stream. Win yourself a pack. That'll yeah, that'll that's it. Yeah, Spin yeah, the wheel yeah, every yeah. Wednesday night. Everyone's favourite moment. 
All right. All right, let's get stuck into the most relevant names of the week. Uh, we'll go match by match this week. Uh, and these are just the guys that, uh, you know, put up good scores but uh, aren't the uh, super stars of fantasy football. First up, I'm tipping the cap to Gary Rowan. 102 points, three goals. Lucky they won because they took out, he took out Jeremy Cameron in the process. Uh, did you see this game? Yeah, I did. It was great. Um, yeah, it was probably one of the best games I've seen him play. He's obviously been pretty heavily criticised over his career for um, maybe not standing up when the when it really matters. Yep. But um, no, he was awesome. Yeah, really, really good and shows how damaging he can be. Wouldn't be one you're picking in your fantasy side. Though. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, nah, nah, but nah. it's still a great game from him. <laughs> yeah, it was. Johnny Gary. All right, guys, we probably do have a bit of a fantasy game going forward. Tanner Bruin, I feel like we mentioned him every second week. He was actually on fire uh, against Port Adelaide the week before, um, but uh, got injured. And this week he's played the played most of the game, uh, played the whole game and uh, got 84 points. Um, he's definitely a midfielder of the future. It's just whether he becomes too good for this podcast anytime soon. Depends on his consistency, right? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, as you say, he's always been mentioned sort of around the mark. Um, it's just really, I think, a matter of um, him getting midfield minutes consistently. Consistently, yeah, um, because you know we all know what he can do. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if sort of next year he starts to be a bit too good for the podcast. To be yeah, honest, um, I reckon. But it's it really is a role thing for him. Um, I really like him as a player. Geelong's just lured another one home, um, so you know, good for them. But um, yeah, it looks like he's going to be a, a really strong player for the Cats for heaps. Of years to come yeah absolutely it was a good pickup I was skeptical at first like when I first saw him I just thought he was probably a little bit soft a little bit you know not tough enough to play that inside role well but he's developed so much and become yeah, a good player so. I mean he's not like uh, a physically imposing sort of midfielder yeah. um, like many of them are yeah but, soft's probably not the right word but, but just probably um, wasn't you know, yeah he's team, always yeah. been able to hold his own yeah. um, that's never really been a problem ever since junior days so um, yeah. yeah that's starting to come to fruition now at AFL level yeah absolutely uh, he's definitely one to put in your black books for the future um, probably stop talking about him until we, you know, does something big, I reckon. But uh, yeah, Tanner Bruin. I think we've said, said enough about that guy. Um, Jack Bowes returned as the sub this week, uh, but came on when Jeremy Cameron went out at the end of the first quarter, essentially. Had 48% of the CBAs when coming on. So I just got 54 points, but that's a watch, I reckon, because that midfield just seems a little bit depleted uh, with Dangerfield out at the moment. I think there's someone else missing in there yeah. too, but uh, yeah. It was interesting they pushed him in there um, into the midfield rotation. I actually really like it. He played a lot of his... Um Junior footy on the ball. Yeah. Um, up at Gold Coast as well. Um, but then sort of half-bat was his spot. Uh, I actually like him on ball. Um, he was a really, really good junior. Um, really good point scorer as a junior um, in the in, the, in an inside midfield role. Um, so, you know, I don't know if he gets it there permanently at Geelong um, because, he, you know, his skills are probably, you know, really good on the outside. He probably lends himself to more of um, a half-bat role like he has been playing. But, um, yeah, I suppose the midfield is in a bit of crisis um, at Geelong and they're a bit weak down there. Um, so, worth a crack in there. And he scored okay without really setting the world alight. Do you get the feeling that Jack Bowes may, might be one of those types that's a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none? Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. I, I actually think, yeah. Um, you know, his kicking's is pretty good. It would be his, probably his best trait, uh, but it's probably not elite. So, yeah, I don't reckon he's got a, a real um, real damage to yeah. him. Yeah, he seems like one of those players he's that they fine. just throw around. Yeah. And, you know, he'll play a roll down back, can play forward even. Yeah. Even in throw the midfield. Kind of like James Harms or something like that. You know, yeah. probably play him as a tagger as well, maybe. Yeah, I, I think sort of forgotten about him, to be quite honest, yeah, yeah. Um, since he moved to Geelong. Um, yeah. Just really, I, th I guess he struggled for, um, for form. Yeah. And really get a crack in this side. But 
Um, if there's a time for him to break in, it's now, to yeah, be honest. absolutely. He's got the opportunity coming up now. Now he's back in the side and getting a bit of a run, so I'll be it as the sub this week. Uh, we'll move on to the Friday night game. Not a lot to talk about here. Um, Josh Battle put up a reasonable score, 79 points. He's such an almost player. Um, I think he's pretty much resigned to being more of a, a key defender these days, but... I don't know. He's got a lot of flair about him, and he can do a lot of you know freaky things for a for a taller player. Yeah. What are your thoughts on battle? His aerial work's awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. I really like him in the air. Um, I recall him being a really good endurance athlete. I think as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So you know, one that can get up. Well, the he ground. did play in the midfield a bit. Like, yeah. Like playing, he's, playing he's sort of got before. a. He's almost like he's a little bit like Rewalt in that he's got a big tank um, and he's a bit taller. But he's sort of been always just been a, a key a key position player. Yeah. Um, but one that really could. Like I reckon Rewalt could have played inside me pretty comfortably. Yeah, true. Battle probably could too, but he won't. Yeah. Um, I think because St Kilda just need a bit of help down there. But, yeah. um, you know, he's an almost player. It's a bit frustrating sometimes. Almost in fantasy. Yeah. Like, and probably an almost in real footy as well. I think both, to yeah. be quite honest. Like, yeah. he, he definitely has a bit of upside left in him, um, yeah. both fantasy and actual in reality. So, yeah, an almost player. Well, looking at a similar, you know, looking at the other end of the ground, uh, Harris Andrews, uh, 110 points. I just think he's a player worth owning as a streamer option. Nothing more, nothing less. But when he has games like this, you know, taking 14 marks and just watching the game, it's so noticeable that just everything was just ending up in his hands. And I guess, I don't know, is that to say St. Kilda's key tools aren't that great? Well, I don't know, because they're not that bad. Like, King's pretty a pretty good player. I guess they are a bit depleted up there. They're playing, what, Caminity? Com- com- I can never say his yeah. name. Um, up there as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. But Harris Andrews, when he has games like this or good matchups, he'll take a shitload of marks and just score heaps of points. Yeah, like, he's, sometimes he pops up with these sort of games where he just, like, absolutely takes a mickey down back. And, yeah, like you said, he just seems to mark everything. He's always there. He's got really good hands. Um, and then, like, he just passes around the back and scores actually really well. So I wouldn't yeah. mind him as an option. He's, he's quite decent, actually. Yeah. You know, he's not the conventional point scorer. but nah, I wouldn't, actually, st- I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him in each week, but it's oh, worth, worth owning. Worth owning. No, nah, worth having there because, he, yeah, like he is capable of scoring really well. He just needs it, needs the ball in his hand with the marks, um, and then he does tend to score pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll touch on the rookies in this game because they do seem they were quite big classic targets this week. Um, Jasper Fletcher, forty nine points. What are your thoughts on him as an outside type as a, as a long term prospect? Yeah, I really like him as a long term prospect. Um, scored really well as a junior. There's nothing to suggest he, he won't sort of translate to AFL level. Um, was he an outside player as a junior as well, like a winger? Yeah, or, yeah, he yeah. was. Um, Patches of inside and, you know, I, I think there's potential there to sort of move inside and but also keep a bit of that outside polish that he has. Um, but he's a really good ball user and has um, a good blend of speed and damage on the outside. So that's sort of where he's played um, played a lot of football there for the Allies and the National Champs and that's where he sort of rocketed into, um, you know, first round sort of calculations. Um, but obviously with Ashcroft in the same draft year, yeah, yeah. He sort of just got overlooked a yeah, little bit. Shattered him um, a bit. Which is probably not a bad thing for Jasper to be quite honest. Fly under the pro- radar. Yeah, it really yeah. did. But obviously clubs rate him really highly still. Um, but yeah, as a long-term prospect, really like him. All right. Well, Kyle Lohman is the other one I think a lot of people brought in last week. He only had 27 points. Do you know much about his underage career? Yeah, Lohman's... Yeah, he's sort of a... He's a very... Um, he's, a, he's a really... A freakish sort of um, player forward of the ball. Yeah, um, he's a little bit like Waitman in that he's he's not a small forward that does all of his work on the ground. He yeah, can actually really fly as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really like that about him. Um, he can damage you in the air and on the ground. Um, in terms of point scoring, I don't think he's ever been sort of a really dominant scorer. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's one that sort of 
probably relies on a couple of goals a game to really get a good score. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we haven't really seen him, you know, I haven't really had a good look at his VFL scores with the with the Lions, but, you know, he doesn't strike me as a player that would be a, yeah. a, a consistent point scorer. No, I just wanted to reiterate that and get your opinion on that as well and double it down because you get these players that have a bit of classic hype because of their price and then people who don't pay super, you know, a lot of attention and play a draft or a keeper league, they go, oh, everyone's talking about Kyle Loman, I'll pick him up. Type yeah. thing, so a bit of a just, uh, yeah, um, you know, yeah. he's not a noted point scorer, that's yeah, for sure. exactly. The only people he's only in people's teams at the moment because of his um, his price in, yeah. in classic, really. Um, all right, uh, moving on to the next game, which was an absolute drubbing. Um, I don't think I have, oh, I've got a few West Coast players to actually talk about, but yeah, the good players on that side are few and far between at the moment. But we'll start with the Sydney Swans. Um, oh, Angus Sheldrick, can I, I don't know. He had under 11 points. Can I make him too good for the podcast? Yeah, just about. <laughs> so, you, you automatically qualify if you get three 80-plus scores in a row, but he had a 79 in round yeah. 13, so didn't quite get there. Um, this was his biggest game in terms of time on ground, so I think he's been in the 50% uh, last few weeks, and we've been talking about he's a points-per-minute player. If he just gets time on ground, he'll rack them up. In, in this game, there was tackles, there was goals, there was you know everything that he, that he does well, I guess, do you think this maintains? I know. I think I've been asking the same question each week for the last three weeks with all my guests, and everyone seems to think it, it will. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think it will as, as well. Like, um, I, I don't see there's been the too many reasons why he can't. Um, Mills, sort of was, Mills was subbed out of this game. Yeah, so of, might course, him yeah of course. Mills is obviously, uh, uh, you know, he's a glaring omission in that midfield. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's 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 Sheldrick. He's always been an um, impact per possession sort of player. When he's out there, he's, he's the best on ground just about all of his junior games and whatnot. So, um He's so powerful. Like he's, he's, he's Sydney have found a really good one here. Oh, I remember they when they yeah. I remember when they drafted him. I reckon it was the end of the first round, and um, he sort of jumped up a little bit on people's um, expectations of where he'd be picked. Um, but they'd be pretty happy with that. I reckon he's a he's a pretty explosive sort of player. Um, so yeah, I reckon I reckon he can he can he can turn into a really good fantasy player. This is my I reckon I've mentioned this hard luck story three weeks in a row now. But uh, yeah, dropped him off my rookie list because uh, I just thought he'd take a while I thought I'd have another chance to redraft him because they're playing him as like a small forward yeah. at AFL level and VFL too they're actually yeah, playing him and that's, him lower. that's and really not his yeah his go. And that's why I was like well if they're trying to develop there's no chance of him getting around the midfield I might as well drop him back to the pool uh, but yeah nah he's come out into the midfield and he's been awesome yeah. the, the junior fantasy scoring was huge as well yeah so. it was and he's probably one that's benefited from Sydney's sort of I guess it's been a poor year so far yeah. injuries have played a big role yeah. um, but unearthing him is probably a, a big positive Hayden McLean is a player that I like, kind of like a Harris Andrews streamer type, maybe to a lesser extent, maybe a loophole. But the fact that, you know, we scored 106 points in the weekend, I think he kicked a few goals. So there's a West Coast factor here. Um, so a lot of these scores are inflated, don't get me wrong. But he's just a player that manages to pad his score with hitouts. So he had 17 in this game. Obviously kicked three goals in this game. Buddy Franklin was out. What's even happening with Buddy? I have not been following. I'm not sure that, what's going yeah, on with yeah. Buddy, but to be honest... I reckon it's probably unpopular, but Sydney's forward line. I reckon they work a bit better. I don't without think buddy. you're the only one who thinks that. I nah, think that's been said. Yeah, a few yeah I think so as well. Like they just seem to function better. Um, I actually really like McLean as a player. So every time I watch the Swans game, I reckon um, that McLean is involved in. It. I reckon he, he plays pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I reckon he's one that's just waiting for Buddy to you know hang him up. Yeah. And um, he'll. he'll Take on a bigger role, I guess. Well, I guess on the same mould, Tom Hickey. So, he's the number one ruck at the moment. He's, what, 30 plus, what is he, 32, He'd be getting on a bit now. Yeah, I don't even know how old he is, but I think he's, just because he's been around for so long, surely he's in like his 
twilight of his career. My thoughts, I guess, with him, he scored 90 points. That was a good game. But, um, you know, West Coast, who cares? Just thinking, Peter Adams is only one to two away, I think, when the AFL injury list comes out next week. What do you think happens there? Who takes the number one ruck? Do they run with McLean as the backup? Do they play both of them? What do you think? That'd be what interesting. Um, I can when Adams. I can Adams comes back in. Yeah. Um, because I really like McLean's work forward of the ball. I think he's a really quite a really good. He's a good forward. Yeah. Um, so I don't reckon they'll want to lose that too much. Um, it might depend when Buddy returns as well. Um, so you think Hickey might go out for for Adams? Maybe. I I reckon he gives a little bit more than Hickey. Hickey. You know, is he going to be in the next Premiership side? Well, maybe because they they do have a good squad and they can easily turn it around next yeah. year. But I feel like he's gone at the end of this year. Yeah, so. he's, they probably could do a little bit better with him. I know he's he's a great. Um, he's better in the he's better in the taps, like the the actual hit out. He's one of the, yeah, stuff he like is, that, but around but, the ground, Laddam's yeah. work is um yeah. Yeah, he's really he's a really good mobile ruckman, Laddam's. Yeah, I oh, know it's just gonna be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think they might roll with Laddam's just because I feel like he's the future. But yeah, yeah. That, that's my thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but we're interesting to see because again, if I reckon if they're in contention and a chance of playing finals, which I, don't, I haven't even looked at the ladder, where are Sydney at the moment? Like, um, they're yeah. in that glut that are just outside the. They're in, yeah, they are exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a couple of sides that could um, take the last couple of spots. Yeah, so they're probably not going to be one of them. So yeah, I think yeah, I think given that they're not contending, they'll probably roll with someone for the future like Laddams. But yeah, just uh, thinking that Laddams might be a a good waiver pickup, even if he's been dropped back as well over the next few weeks. Um, oh, Justin McInerney had. 91 points again West Coast factor as a winger and he kicked three goals so I'm not really reading that much into it but I just noticed he's averaging 85 from his last three which does coincide with Dylan Stevens going outside Dylan Stevens has been smashing it at VFL level though they can't keep him back too yeah, long he's too, he's too good for the VFL yeah. I don't know it's reminded me of like when Jordan Dawson used to absolutely rack it up in the kneeful. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's kind yeah, of similar yeah. type thing. He used to have like games yeah. like he did on the weekend for the yeah. Crows like, in the kneeful as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he did. So, anyway, um, moving on to the few West Coast players. Jack Petricelli has been playing a lot of roles over the last few weeks. So, he had 70 points this week. I think he had 80 the week before. But this week he was playing on the halfback flank. So, he's been getting stints in the midfield. Um, forward, obviously, that's where he does play as well. But now, along that halfback line, it's just... Interesting to he's a player that suits that halfback role, I think, just given his pace. Like yeah, his speed's dash. massive. Yeah, like an Adam Saad type thing. Like, yeah. So, yeah, he just have a look. He might turn into a half reasonable score if that role continues. So. Yeah, they're just going to give him a license to run. Yeah, his exactly. Pace and, you know, use a bit of flair, take yeah. the game on. Nothing to lose, can't get any worse. So, yeah. In terms of West Coast perspective. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, I like that role. Like I said, he's been playing in the midfield a little bit, just give him a bit of flair, um, getting a few CBAs here and there, but halfback this week, and it was interesting to see. Yeah. Um, and loss, sorry. Let's face it, the ball's going to be down there most of the game. So yeah, absolutely. That helps as well. Given he's a forward as well, that's just one to think about on your lists. Um, Elijah Hewitt, 47 points, nothing to write home about, but did have 54% of the CBAs. So good indicator there that they're looking to get some of these youngsters in the middle and yeah. get some experience. Yeah, that's good. And he's a talent. Like he, I remember at the start of his draft year, um, he was touted as a, a top five pick potentially. Um, yeah. Faded a little bit. Um, was still picked early and... Um, you know, he's a, he's a pure midfielder um, and it's good to see him getting some game time into him because, you know, that's that's what these next couple of years are going to be about for West Coast. Yeah, developing these kids and getting some high-end talent in, that's for sure. Uh Moving on to the Fremantle game. So, the other Western Australian team had a bit of a better night than uh, the West Coast Eagles did. But uh, the player I want to talk about is Liam Henry. He had 118 points and it's just, I don't know. Like, so for the last two years, they're saying, oh, Liam Henry's going to move on to the wing. He's going to play wing. He's going to be midfielder. Um and I guess, I don't is he a forward in fantasy? I think he is still. But um, yeah, like it just seemed like he had a big score. What I'm trying to say is 
let's just not get too carried away with him. It just felt like it was a game where everything just kind of came together for him and he finally just put a good game together. But I just don't know how he'd, if he can do it week in, week out. Yeah. That's my thoughts. I didn't, have, I didn't watch this game. Um, yeah. And then I checked the stats and I saw Liam Henry's stats and it, oh, it's unreal. Like, just he felt had like a serious kept, day out, didn't he? Just running up and down that wing all yeah. day and it just felt like he just kept popping into holes, getting the next one. Yeah. Or it just ended up in his lap a lot of the time. Yeah. I suppose it's, you know, whether he can keep this up, you know, it's probably not. But, um, yeah. you know, it's still good to see from him because I know he's copped a lot from Freo fans. Um, yeah. So he's not the most loved If you're in a league that plays waivers and you're like in the top range and your priority is like really low, I don't think there's going to be that many bites for Liam Henry. So in like if everything else is going through throughout the week, given that he's a forward, I think he's a forward because um, he should be. But um, yeah, he did play a bit of wing last year. But uh, yeah, given if he is, a, does still have that forward status, he just might be worth a cheeky waiver in case there is something there. Maybe something has clicked. I don't know. Yeah, well, hopefully but, it's a breakout for him. Yeah, I just want to see it again. That's all before yeah, I get too excited. That's obviously the big question for yeah, him. Yeah. Can, he, can he back it up or, you know, was this flash in the pan? I'm just going to check here whether he actually is a forward. I'm pretty sure he is because, yeah, I don't know why. He's I'm played thinking. a lot of... Um, yeah, he, I remember as a, as a junior, he played a lot of... Um, he was always sort of touted as a wingman. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's nothing new to see him on yeah. the wing. No, he still is a standard, uh, still is a forward. I just know he played a bit there in the back end of last year. I just wasn't sure if that was enough to tip him over for this year. But no, still a forward, so that's good. Um, yeah, anyway, moving on to another Fremantle young gun. Uh, Matthew Johnson, 99 points. Um, so he got a corky last week where I think he got subbed out with 37. Everyone was panicking, um, you know. Uh, there was warning signs going off, warning bells going off everywhere. But yeah, came back into this week and scored 99 points and looked fantastic. Um wasn't doing the CBA stuff, so not in the middle of the ground with the, the, with the ball ups, but he'll roll up to the stoppages um, and, you know, get a few tackles, get a few... Um, he had a few mar- a lot of uncontested marks um, around the ground as well, which is really good, so just popping into the right spots to get it to him as well. Thing is, though, he had another corky and then sat off half the last quarter too, so... But they reckon he's right to play this week. Frio is showing faith and playing him in the midfield. I think he's good to go. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see, um, you know, guys like him and um, Erasmus getting cracks as well. Um, uh, Johnson's um, a really, really talented non-baller. Like, um, I remember him, yeah, and he, in his draft year, he, he faded a bit. People, I don't think he got picked in round on night one. It was one of those ones where he went to the draft. Yeah, okay. And didn't get picked, which is a bit awkward. Um, wait around for the Always night. a bit awkward. But, yeah. Um, Oh, good on him. It's good to see. He's always been the talent. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not 100% sure why he slipped, but um, he's always been a, a really good talent. And I think, yeah, he's start, He's part of Frio's um, starting mid-rotation in, for the future. Yeah. Um, just not yet. But, when, you know, he's shown he can score without it. Yeah, so yeah when it does doesn't happen, need the CBAs. But, yeah, and like I said, he's just rolling up as a fifth mid- midfielder anyway. So Moving on for half forward and, yeah, yeah rolling up to stoppages yeah. and whatnot. Yep. So, yeah, no, he looks fine. Um, and I think he's got some fantasy game to him as well. So, he's one to be grabbing off the wave wires if he's still there. We'll move on to the heartbreak of Sunday that it was for you there, Tommy. Um, don't really have a lot of... I've got a few Crows players to talk about, but we'll start with the Collingwood players. He's probably your favourite people uh, in the world right now. But um, Braden Maynard had 97 points. And that's two good scores in a row for him. What what do you think's going on there? Is there something different, or has it just been a lucky two weeks? What do you think's um, going on, Maynard? Well, well, the Crows really, um, from 
last part of the game, they really struggled with the connection between mid and forwards. Yeah. Um, and guys like him and Howe and Quaino, who we're going to speak about shortly, um, yeah. they just cut everything off and just raffled it between them pretty much. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's good for a point scoring perspective as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's another. He's one of those guys who just, um, he can turn it on and score really well. Yeah. But obviously consistency is the thing. I wasn't sure if Howe, like cause he did score with us, but Howe coming in because he kind of can play more. Like Maynard's problem is he has to play lockdown too much and doesn't get off yeah. the chain enough. In the last few weeks, it feels like he's, well, just looking at his scores anyway, he's getting off the chain a little bit. So I was wondering if Howe might have helped him a little bit. Yeah, but potentially. Yeah, Howe was really good. I yeah. Mean, so that's I, another one he's back. So that's another one to be looking at, Howe. I'm not sure how, mar- how many marks he took, but he was, you know, he, he yeah. fitted in pretty seamlessly, to be honest. What did Howe um, score? He uh, you know, he's intercepted everything. Um, yeah, Jeremy so, Howe had 82, so he just came back, no worries. Just, yeah, 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 no, no problems at all. And, yeah. you know, Nick Rose kicked it to him plenty of times. So, um, yeah, oh, I think Maynard's one that, can, yeah, can turn it on. Can he do it three weeks in a row? Um, I think so. I, I don't see why not. I think they've got Gold but, Coast um, this week, so. Yeah, it, you know, it, it'll be tough. A lot of it will be positional, I reckon, and, yeah, yeah. you know, see who he goes to and whatnot. But, um, yeah, he can. Well, another player, Collingwood player, we have to award 2G4P status to, and that's Isaac Quainer. So, he's had a few good weeks in a row. It's just as if, like, Collingwood realised he's a good footballer and they should give the ball to him more. Yeah, like, I feel like he's always been that. Like, no, he has guy. always been um, yeah. one that, has really attacked, been able to attack well yeah, from half yeah. bat. Feels like they've just given him the you know first probably few seasons he's played more as a lockdown player, which he's very good at. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now they're sort of giving him the keys to the half back line as well, along with Dacos and you know yeah. he just suits their play really well. We set eighty six percent disposal efficiency. Yeah, in that's this the game. thing. Used it really well, well. Took the game on with his run and carry, and didn't lose any of that defensive stuff, which has made him you yeah know, such a good player. Yeah, no, Quayne, too good for the podcast. Congratulations, well done. Uh, yeah, he's having a party somewhere celebrating. But, I'm sure he'd be chuffed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, um, uh, Patrick Lipinski is another one I want to mention. Um, one of the Keeper League favourites. Uh, actually, had my mate. Um, my mate messaged me. He lives in London. Um, can't remember what he was watching, but uh, I don't think he'd heard Rasputine um, by Boney M before. And he's like, well, how do I know this song? And it turns out it was the uh, Patrick Lipinski song <laughs> from the Keeper League. So that's how we knew it. So, yeah. Making an impact. Shout out to abroad. Ben uh, if you're listening this week, mate. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so Lipinski's uh, back and he's just working his way into it. Given he's got forward status, could be on a wave wire. Um, someone to look at because, yeah, I don't think he's going to get too much midfield time like he was touted at the start of last year. But he can score a solid 70 to 80 most weeks playing forwards. So. Yeah, he's a very solid footballer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, Isaac Rankin, he had 100 points. So, Kays, when Kays did his first show of the podcast this year, I think Isaac Rankin started like a house on fire. So, he made me 2G4 him, 4P him in round four. Since then, he's just done nothing. But anyway, because I didn't watch any of this game. Like I said, I was at Disney on Ice uh, on Saturday, on Sunday uh, afternoon. Um so how was his ga- how was I was at Rankin's game and you know just describe it to us yeah so um it was pretty much when the crows were on Rankin was on so um yeah you know in that third quarter when they kicked uh, I think it was eight goals or something like that yeah. um pretty well unanswered he was really good I think he had about ten touches in the kick to goal um really involved but then you know there was patches of play where the crows went missing and Collingwood were right on top. And Rankin was, you know, he was pretty well invisible, um, which yep. is not all his fault, I suppose. But um, yeah, so but when he did, when they were on, he scored really well. Yeah, um, and he can do that. Like he can push up up the ground and get involved in the midfield, and he's he's obviously magical when he gets the ball. I um, think we talked about it earlier in the season, but it was like you don't want to take him too far away yeah, from goal did. too yeah. often. Yeah, yeah, like he's so freakish around goal and so natural around goal that you know don't want him get him too far up the ground. But also when he is up the ground, he he creates stuff. He's really yeah. he's a very creative. 
player. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a bit of both, I suppose. And the Crows have a few guys that can do that, push up the ground like McHenry and Murphy. So, yeah. um, you know, it's really good to see him score some points again because yeah, he has um, his point scoring has dropped off um, since the start, but his, um, his value to the Crows obviously hasn't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tex Walker is the next one. So, 97 points, kicked five goals. Every All-Australian mock team I've seen doesn't have him in it. Now, no, admittedly, there's only been two I reckon I've seen. What are your thoughts? Is he is he is he going to make the All Australian team this year for the first time? Yeah, I know it's um it's weird that he hasn't made the All Australian team ever. Yeah, um, looking at Texas, like this is a port support up. This is me coming out here. Um, sorry to all the crow supporters to bring this up, but he's never really won any accolades. So he's never won best and f- he's, he's deemed a champion and rightly so. But he's never won any accolade. Never won a best and fairest. Never an All Australian. Never a Coleman. Never a Premiership. Nothing. Does he deserve All-Australian on his current form, do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, he he's winning the Coleman, isn't he? To be fair, 10 goals against the West Coast does, yeah, does inflate. Yeah, he is winning the yeah. Coleman. Yeah. 10 goals against West Coast. If he um, wins the Coleman, though, surely he's All-Australian. Well, the Coleman medal winner has to be in the All-Australian surely. side. Yeah, yeah, it just so. has to be. Anyway, yeah. thought I'd brought that out there. And, and he's worth owning a fantasy, too. I think he's snapped up in most leagues. A bit like anyway. winning the Brownlow and not making the All-Australian team. Yeah, so. exactly. So, yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that but in he there. But he can score really well because he, he kicks bags goals. Yeah, so, obviously, it won't happen every week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, this is a you're playing the top team and you're still kicking a bag of five. Like that's a pretty good day. North Melbourne next week as well. Hopefully, feast on that for you, sir. Um, ben Keys, uh, ninety points. Is his so he, obviously? I think I didn't again. I didn't see it, but all the messaging everywhere has told me that he t- just followed Dacos around all all day. That got him a ninety, so that was fine. But is he a week to week proposition, or is there any concern with this scoring, even if he's doing some tagging jobs? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I think he is a week-to-week proposition. Um, obviously, every time they play Collingwood, he's going to tag him. Yeah. So, um, we know that. But, um, yeah, he is a week-to-week proposition. I think you know, the Crows have shown they do – they can tag. They're a high-tagging team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Keyes has played a little bit more midfield than I thought he would this year. Yeah, um, especially in the last few weeks. Yeah, I think, you know, I think um, – his his experience, I guess, in there, and he's you know he's always been a, a one that's found the ball with ease. Yeah. So um, it does work well in the centre bounce. So you, what do you think he's good for? An average from this point onwards. So like, it's really tough to say. I suppose. Does um, he go ninety plus from here? Um, I'll say m- maybe sort of eighty five, bit little bit less than ninety 85. plus. Yeah. I, I, I just can't trust him to go ninety plus. But absolutely, like you have games where he scores one twenty and whatnot. Um. But I, I'll, I'll go low. I'll temper it a bit. I'll go 85. Yeah, okay. I'll be happy with that if he does score that probably from now on. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Given he's got four status now. Might not keep it for next year, though. Um, Mitch Hinge had 83 points. He kind of comes in and out, but he's just got the right role for fantasy this year. How was his game? Yeah, really good. I thought it was one of his best games he's played for the club. Yeah, maybe maybe his best game. About it today. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon really early. I think he had about three marks in the first five or ten minutes and yeah. off halfback. And he just really suits... He's not a star, yeah, but he just really suits the the role yeah. in the team. And I think um, he's sort of been one that's been in and out a little bit. Yeah, um, well, he played on the wing a lot last year. Yeah, but you kind of played I so think, many players in that role. Yeah, and, I think yeah. half back's probably his spot. I think he's, so. a, he's a, a good size that he can lock down yeah. and whatnot. And you know, Brody Smith probably doesn't have too many years left in him so yeah. maybe he takes on a bigger role um, because he's a nice kick generally from half back so um, you know um, he can he can lock down um, but I think you know he's actually a really important player for the Crows yeah he seems like it now yeah and yeah like I said plays that role pretty well but anyway uh, we'll move on to the last game of the round that was the uh, Gold Coast game against Hawthorne Braden Fiorini 
Now, we talk about this guy so often on this podcast and on the, in the classy world these days because we know what he's capable of. He scored 115 in this game. But I guess the noticeable, noticeable thing was he was off the wing and back in the guts. So, CBA shot up through the roof. I think he was the most improved CBA player this week uh, if you look at the stat, CBA stats on our website. We, we know this happens, but what do you think actually happened? Like, what is the reasoning behind him playing on the wing for the last six, seven weeks? and then just being an inside mid this week. Well, what do you think happened? Is it just embarrassment out of getting smashed by Carlton the week before and just trying something different? Who knows? Like, often there's, Gold Coast have a couple of these decisions every year where it just something happens and you just don't know why it does. But I, I don't know. Fiorina has obviously always been able to score like this. Um, you know, but he's also, he's the first one to get dropped, isn't he? Yeah, so he's a whipping boy too. It's like his career's just been a mix of, you know, um, wing to dropped and then, Chuck him in the inside, and then back out in the wing, and it, no doubt he'd be dropped soon, probably. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, you can't trust him at all. But you know, he's a generally good scorer when he does go in there. It's just, yeah. um, you know, it's just a it's just a week to week proposition with yeah. him. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell. I think maybe they just want to roll their midfield a little bit deeper because I think they were kind of exposed the week before. Yeah, and they then, were. Yeah. it's a good point you make. They were definitely exposed the week before yeah. Anderson and Rao. When they couldn't get the job done, they didn't really. They fell yeah. away pretty quick. The thing took Miller's only a couple of weeks away though as well. So That'd that be might massive change things. for them. Yeah, but particularly when they, well. they're looking to, you know, maybe make the finals for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, having him back in, who has barely played. Um, yeah. Or I don't think he has played. So um, yeah. Oh, it's massive for him. Because I guess um, the other indicator for that midfield mix-up was Sam Flanders coming into the side. Like, yeah. So, Sam Flanders is going nuts at VFL. I think he had like 160-odd last week. Yeah. But never gets that inside role at AFL level. Comes in this week and gets that inside role. Scores 94 points. So, yeah, I think... I don't know. It's just crazy, first of all, that players can still come into AFL sides and not play the same role that they're playing in the, in the twos each week. Like, It'd be really hard to adjust, I reckon. Like, yeah. Not having ever been in that s- yeah. sort of system, but I well, can that's imagine... What Porter attributing a lot of their success this season to is instead of picking the next best player to come yeah. in, picking the, picking the guy who's most suited in, role. in that role type thing. I think, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It makes sense, really, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, anyway, so it's good to see Gold Coast actually employ the same tactic and actually play Sam Flanders in a spot where he can get some fancy points. So, yeah, he's another one to look at. If they keep rolling with that deep midfield, but I think, um, yeah, I think Took Miller's going to affect someone, if not multiple people, yeah, coming back into absolutely. that side as well, Flanders and Fiorina are in the firing yeah, line straight away. It might, yeah, it might be short-lived. But, you know, good to see anyway, um, given as well because uh, Flanders does have that forward status. Um, ben Ainsworth, 110 points. So, he had 89 last week. And he's been playing a, diff- a bit of a different role. It's just further up the ground than it was um, in the previous uh, nine rounds or whatever before the – or ten rounds before their buy, 11 rounds, whatever it was, 13. I don't know. But anyway um, – yeah, since uh, those two Darwin games, he was playing this role, but th- the weather was just so gross and shit that, like, well, just slippery that he couldn't actually score up there because no outside types can. As soon as he's come back um, from there and actually playing the same role in kind of drier conditions, he's actually put up two really good scores. So he's one to flag with a bit of a bit of a role change. Just, yeah, because he's attending some wing attendances, what I call them. So the guys that are actually lining up on the wing at the centre bounces. Um, but if you look at his game as well, he's getting the ball a lot further up the ground as well, kind of working up to the back flanks and pockets and things like that, taking some marks up there too in the chip around. So, yeah, Ben Ainsworth is a forward, definitely worth consideration in your um, keeper leagues. Usually goes around the 70 average, and he's finally got the average back to 70 after a few good weeks. So, yeah. yeah he's always been someone that can sort of push up and into an on-ball role. But yeah. um, I remember... Well, he used to play on the ball well, early days. Absolutely. But, when yeah. he was drafted, 
Matthew was a sort of a um, pocket rocket sort of midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Um, just hasn't really come on that way in the AFL. He's too good as a pressure forward as well. But yeah, like I said, playing further up the ground. Um, yeah, and two good scores. You know, it's a good indicator. Plus, we've seen about four weeks of this role. It was well enough to know it's probably going to stick around. It's just that you know the first two weeks were just in shitty conditions where no one could score. So yeah, it's just um, good to see that there's a bit of a consistency going on there, and I think owners would be happy. Hopefully, it continues. Comes against Collingwood this week though, so it might be a different story. Um, moving on. Oh, sorry. Last tip of the captain, Malcolm Roses as well. Uh, three goals, 83 points, but uh, look pretty comfortable kicking snags up there. Um, good one to seal it late. Uh, on to some Hawks, Jarman Impey, 108 points. That's officially too good for the podcast. Didn't think I'd see the day. Jarman Impey, too good for the podcast. Oh, well, good on him. Good on him, Jarman. Now, do you think this is? I don't. I personally don't think it's a Sicily factor. I think that affects like someone like Scrimshaw, who we'll talk about next. Um, that's the guy, the guy who's getting the bump there. I think because we saw Impey score huge last week with Sicily in the side, um, and then I think against Port Adelaide the week or earlier in the season, he went or a few weeks ago. He just went massive in that game as well. So. Um, I feel like he is kind of the the kind of the main get out out of defence now the run and dash type out of defence. Yeah. But then he's also kind of say so Hawthorne been setting up where they usually have loose men in defence as well. So like this week it was Will Day was just taking them all. But then they'll always go laterally to someone else. And quite often it felt like a lot of the I think the second or third quarter it was it was just Will Day to Impy Impy goes like each yeah. time. Yeah. I mean it's too. Biggest traits are his speed and his, his ball use, and you know playing a half bat role, he's allowed to sort of use those two traits to advantage and sort of damage the opposition, work it forward. So it really makes sense from Sam Mitchell's perspective to play him in a role where they can feed him the ball, yeah, and he can get the best opportunities. He breaks for him. a few so, lines, so. yeah, he does. Yeah. So I mean, a young side, he's got an experienced head, so you'd think he'd be able to make good decisions with the ball too. So yeah, coming into his prime, he's like twenty seven now, I think so. Yeah, now MP's, um, like I said, two of the podcast. A few people brought him in classic and I'm very happy as well. So people even saying thanks to me for it. But uh, I think it was mentioned on many a podcast. It wasn't just here, but anyway. Um, uh, Jack Scrimshaw, what we just talked about, 108 points. That was, the, I reckon he was the biggest beneficiary of Sicily being out because we saw the year that Sicily missed with his, was it ACL? Yeah, with his knee. Um, Scrimshaw had an awesome year that year. So I think he's the main beneficiary. Luckily, he's got two more weeks of this, essentially. But I think he's scored okay last week with Sicily in the side too so it's just good to see him getting a game because he's actually a good fantasy scorer yeah he's when he's out there he's great um, yeah. I think at the start of the year he was out of the best 22 and yeah. you know, it's, it is good to see him back in there because he does have good potential absolutely and last one I mentioned is Seamus Mitchell 91 points this kid is kind of I don't think he was on anyone's radar at the start of this year and he's come a long way that halfback role for him it's fantasy friendly but he's actually playing it well too and um, yeah no, just hats off to him I guess yeah no one would have known his name yeah. really apart from Hawthorne probably some Hawthorne fans wouldn't have known who he is nah. um, at the start of this year knowing Hawthorne but, um, fans yeah <laughs> no exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, no he's, um, he's obviously part of their future plans and you know, deserve of this show yeah yeah they've actually got quite a few halfback flankers that are good at the, yeah, yeah they're building a few not well, really good ball users and yeah. Sam Mitchell was one of them so it's not a surprise really yeah anyways that wraps up the uh, breakout tracking for this week um, yeah if you want to support the podcast please sign up as a member uh, the membership support keeps this podcast going week in, week out through the season. Uh, if you do sign up as a member, uh, we'll give you back some resources to use for your fantasy and keeper league sides. That includes our CBA analysis numbers, kick-in numbers, uh, state league fantasy scores, and access to the breakout tracker. 
Uh, each week, we read out 10 gold members' names. Uh, Tommy, I'm going to give you the honours yep. this week. I'm going to stitch up here. All right, no, I think all they're all good. pretty easy, actually. No worries. Yeah, have a go. All right, thank you, Andrew Hubbard, Josh Healy, Shannon Page, Imran Church, Gavin Thompson, Mark Barber, George Donatsitz, or oh, hopefully all that one. I reckon, That's a one. I reckon you got it one. Yeah. Mitch Grivens, Callum Harkins, and Alex Streckbein. There's a few names here I've been reading out for a few years now, so you can't yeah, right get used to them. I reckon I've gone right there. <laughs> no, I reckon you've just done quietly. well. Not done well. Uh, tweet in if he's uh, if he's butchered your name, but uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, at Tom M Wyman, I reckon it is. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get into him there on Twitter. Anyway, uh, let's get into the listener questions uh, quickly, and we'll wrap this show up. Um, at Jerry Hello Three, I wonder if that's a Seinfeld reference. I uh, hope so, Uncle Leo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's asking us to rank the following players. I think um, what's the name? Matt Roberts, Dev Robertson, Angus Sheldrick, Elijah Hollands, and Matthew Johnson. I really had trouble picking between Johnson and Sheldrick. What, what do you think? Yeah, um, they're my one and two. Yeah, it's tough. Probably Johnson plays a more um, consistent game, I'd say. Yeah, but Sheldrick, like we probably Sheldrick mentioned, has shown so much. Has like, shown a lot and yeah. um, scores really quickly when he's on there. Yeah, um, I think Johnson's probably the safer of the picks. Yeah, I th- I've got Johnson as a safer, but I reckon Sheldrick has more potential. Oh, yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. If, if you want to draft them in terms of potential, he'd be top. Yeah. yeah. So Johnson and Sheldrick, one and two. Um, then I've got Matt Roberts because that Dev Rob. Like Elijah Holland has just gone missing, so yeah, I don't really know then, what's happening with him. I wonder whether he'll, he'll probably be one to seek a trade or something yeah. in there. But um, and if Devrod receives a trade, it might change. But I've got Mad Roberts in there because he's only out because of the injury, I guess, at the moment. But Sydney were actually finally starting to play him as well, so I wouldn't have been surprised if like he got a good run of it. He could have been doing what Sheldrick's doing now. You know yeah, what I mean? Matt Matty's a, a known scorer. Yeah. Um, Throughout his junior career, so yeah, yeah. so I've got what well, so it's Roberts, Dev, uh, Roberts, Sheldrick, and then I'm going. Oh, sorry, Johnson, Sheldrick, then Roberts. All right, yeah, Dev Rob because he's actually playing but just doing nothing. He's another one that gets traded, and Holland is his last for me out of that lot because yeah, I just don't know what he's doing right now. To be honest, he's not even scoring in VFL, so yeah, he might be like his mate Sharp and just end up in the abyss. Absolutely, who knows? Yep. Um, uh, at Ralph opened. Um, Rank the available mids on who is the best options for this year. Um, all right, so I've gone through and done his form. I think it was, uh, yeah, oh, that's right. It was Shuey, Hewitt, Sloan, Mason Wood, and Perryman. So for the rest of this year, as long as he keeps his body right, I think Shuey is my number one out of those purely because West Coast need a senior body like him to just do the hard work. Yeah, someone's got to do the grunt yeah. stuff. Someone's going to stand up. It's like so. him and Yo are just going to have so much the pill, like just to kind of so they just don't get smacked. So as long as he stays fit, Shuey, I reckon he's the number one out of this list. Mason Wood's the next one I like at number two. Um, Having a great year, Mason. Yeah, and they plays that outside type, and you can get forward and kick a goal. Um, yeah, I think he's keeping Billings out of the side really at the moment as well. So uh, Mason Wood's probably two out of that list. I think Perryman can bounce back. Um, showed a few good scores this year. Can get the right role. I think he's been on the halfback a bit more this year where he kind of yeah, started Yeah, he has been early, more so halfback and then a little bit of mid as well. Yeah, but I trust him more than I trust Royce. Oh, Royce Lane's good for an 80. Royce Lane and Harry Perryman like flip a coin, I reckon, because Royce yeah. Lane gets you 80 most weeks. George Hewitt's the guy that's just kind of faded away out of all of those. You always have those players that have that one year at their new club where they go really yeah. well. But he's kind of just yep. re- he's and just gone back sort of to sunk in a bit. He's yeah. just gone back to Sydney, George Hewitt. Really, the same kind of player he was at Sydney, which is so. unfortunate because yeah, like you said, he really did show good signs. Probably doesn't help. Yeah, Collingwood because yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention here, but um, he's going for the win this year, so he's not fussed about age or anything like that. So and well, what's happened this year? It's just going forward. So right. yeah. So anyway, I've got Shuey, Wood, 
Probably Perryman because I like him. I like him better for the future. I'd rather have him on my side. Sloan and then Hewitt for uh, Ralph Open there. Um, at B three four S three, is it finally Sam Flanders' season? We've touched on this. It could be, but yeah. Took Miller is the the th- worrying thing. Probably another false dawn to be yeah, honest, yeah. Um, which is unfortunate for Sam. But yeah. Uh, and a very Seen similar, before, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Very similar question here from Jeremy Graham. Just for Dossie, reckons, uh, is it officially Fiorini season now? Again, rinse and repeat with Flanders. Yeah. I don't know what happened when Tom yeah. Miller comes in. But it does feel, like I said, it does feel like they wanted to roll a bit deeper in the midfield, just how kind of exposed they got when they did well, come up against sense, a dip midfield. But, um, yeah, don't know if those two guys are really the answer they're looking yeah, for. Yeah, and Hawthorne are. You've got to remember, they are a bottom four side. So even though they have been playing some good footy, but yeah, you know, away from home. Um, yeah, let's see what happens against Collingwood this week. Um, oh, here's a good question for you while we've got you on the show here, Tommy. Uh, Jim Bob Holder wants to know, um, has there been any goss from Adelaide to explain why Sam Berry has been crap in the Magoos, let alone playing in the senior team? What's happening with Berry this season? I don't really have any goss on it, but he's sort of, he's always been one like, I remember, I think it was earlier this year where he was getting more tackles and disposals. Like, he's just a, he's a, a gun tackler, which is obviously good for fantasy. Um, but in that Crow side, there's no one that he's, you know, I don't know who he goes comes in for. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously when Sloan eventually hangs him up, there might be a role there for him. Um, shuffle the jet chairs a bit around. Um, He's still averaging nine tackles at Sandful level. I mean, that's what he does. That's yeah, yeah. him. He's a tackling machine, obviously, yeah. but just needs to get his hands on the ball a bit more often. Um, and it probably lacks a little bit of damage as well with it. Um, I watch I watch Neil Sandful. Uh, being a Portland supporter, we have a very bitter history with their Sandful. Mm. But... Uh, <laughs> So I've I heard. I don't watch it. <laughs> um, but do you think that the they play last touch? They don't have throw-ins. Do you think that affects the amount of stoppage yeah, numbers and tackles and stuff like that? So it that has be, to have an impact yeah, because yeah, it, so. it's a last touch rule. You know, I don't, oh, know, don't be wrong. I think it's actually the. I think in the AFL they should bring it in. Yeah, I don't like, mind it to be honest. Yeah, it quickens up the game. Like it just gets the ball pinging back forward each way. But also as well, it just brings out like what the hell is insufficient intent and who are the umpires to decide what a player's intent oh, was? God, I've given up <laughs> trying to interpret the, the rule. And there's like, just so like, it's fine. No, they, they've gotten a lot better at paying more free kicks from it this year to get the game moving. But you just see so many inconsistencies week in, week yeah, out. It's like, like, like you see one that blatantly comes off the side of the boot and it's like, Insufficient intent. And the players like, just, they'll cut to the players and they'll just be laughing, yeah, shaking their head. Like, yeah, just make not, it black and white, clear cut, make it last touch rule. And yeah. it, give, it gives the same thing, like it, let, it gets the ball moving quicker, stops those kind of contest after contest. But Anyways. guys like Barry and, and stoppage players, I guess like Matt Crouch as well. They, um, they get affected by that. They that really level. get affected yeah. by it. So it's hard to um really judge it as well, a little bit maybe. I still, like I said, he's still averaging nine tackles a game though, so that's what he... Did it AFL, oh, wasn't I have it? no doubt he'd be back at some stage. Yeah. Probably just needs to find a bit, little bit more offensive Needs to add spark. another string to his Does, string yeah, to his it does. Yeah, pretty much. Anyways, uh, that is the end of the podcast uh, for this week. Uh, get around us on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, make sure you get around our sponsors, Game Day Squad. And uh, yeah, make sure you support the podcast by becoming a member um, if you wish to do so. I also got one thing quickly at the end. Um, a user on TikTok at AUFCFan1 wants a shout out on the podcast. So there's your shout out, mate. Well, there you go. Big shout listening. out to, uh, I assume, Adelaide United fan. Yeah, so I think good so. on you. Yeah, yeah. 
big uh, fan of the Reds, so good to see. Go the Reds. Anyways, Tommy, what are you doing with yourself? Uh, anything you want to plug? You want to plug your local newspaper that you're yeah, for? Yeah, why not? <laughs> the Fluto Sun. So, um, you know, anyone living down the Fluto, get a hold of it. Yeah, so, um, read your articles. Yeah, There'll exactly. There'll be a few people down Just there. Just flip the paper over, go to the back, yeah. start from the back. Oh, I do, stuff. so. Yeah. Um, yeah, read five pages of footy this week. Is that jumper what I think it is? This is Rookie Me. Rookie yeah, me, absolutely. Yeah. You, so, you um, yeah, champs are just wrapping up. SA obviously had a pretty poor national championships, yep. but um, you know, head over to Rookie Me and get all yeah. your all your uh, analysis. Um, yeah, but basically between Rookie Me and about two or three other uh, websites, it's where I get all my rookie data and um, analysis from. So yep. de- definitely check that out. It's a good time of year with all these um, championship games going on. And uh, yeah, the under eighteen stuff. Was there a state game on the weekend as well? Yeah, there was. Yeah, SA yeah. sort of finished their. Um, yeah, finished their national championships against WA with a loss. So, yep. uh, oh, well. yeah. Oh, a few, uh, yeah, future fantasy prospects to come out of that, I'm for sure. For sure, definitely. Anyways, thanks for listening for another week, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya.